Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Journey to Grateful podcast, a podcast that helps to clarify the process of loss and grief through the experience of others who are living and growing through it. I'm your host, Tim Begonia, and this is show number 91. Through this show, we will examine what we've discovered during our grief journey, share with you our experiences through the podcast, the blog, and the social media channels while building a community, a family, that is searching for a better understanding of what grief is, how it affects us going forward, and how best to navigate this difficult path. I invite you to join the community on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to the podcast, and find quick links to do both over at journeytograteful.com. Now, I need to ask for your help in this mission. As you are listening to the podcast and finding value in what I share, I ask that you share an episode and the podcast with someone you may feel could benefit from listening as well. In addition, to help more people find this show, please consider rating and reviewing the show over at Spotify and especially at Apple Podcasts. The only way to grow this show is to reach more people and through your help and those ratings and reviews, we can do both. As you grieve, I'm sure you found value in the support system of family and friends to help you navigate your loss. And let us all together reach out and do what we can to help others locate a resource such as this podcast to help support them through their grief as well. In today's episode, I would like to take on a suggested topic and share with you my thoughts around it. As I approached this episode, I found I had to sit with the idea of it for a bit longer than usual, because I found it presented a deceptively simple question, which is anything but. So let's dive in, and I'll explain where this question originated and the unique manner in which I chose to approach it. So I would like to begin this episode with a thank you to a new friend and fellow griever from my bereavement group, Carl. Carl reached out after listening to a few episodes and chatted with me about his first experience with the group and his loss. In our discussion, we hit upon great details about grief, oftentimes reflecting on past group meetings, and one thing we've both discovered is how ironically Different yet similar, everyone's grief seems to be in our group, and I would suggest around the world. With that realization in mind, Carl sent me a message soon after our discussion, suggesting the topic of an upcoming episode. What do you do when you're a complete mess while everyone else is staying strong? It's a really good question, and what I like most about his suggestion for an episode is its authenticity, the honesty of it all. I also believe that everyone will experience this feeling during their grief, perhaps multiple times, so addressing this in an episode is a very important subject that can touch many of you listening today. So keep in mind, when you are dealing with grief, there are so many different facets of grief that you will experience. Because of this fact, it's difficult to simply provide a nice, neat list which you can check off as you process through it all. In addition, not everyone experiences the same details of grief in the same timeline or in the same manner. 
Grief, in a way, is as individual as a person's personality. And in fact, everything you've experienced, everything you've been exposed to, and the people in your life, those that raised you, and the others that may have only been a part of a short season of your life, and thus they all shape you and the manner in which you will walk your path with grief the least of which some of these people will have had an impact on how you walk with grief, large and small, and what you believe grief to be and what you've been told it will be versus the reality of it all, all because of the people that have been put into your life. All of this shapes our path with grief and thus makes everyone's experience through grief slightly different. All because of the people in your life, the experiences in your life, and the way you've been taught grief. But there are a few things that seem to touch everyone, albeit at different moments in their timeline and with different intensity. Grief bombs, for example, are the sudden bursts of a physical expression of grief, tears, sorrow, and and more, which seem to pop up from the simplest things such as a song, or a smell, an item on a store shelf. Keep in mind, these are not triggered because of a grand milestone, but instead through details of everyday life. And it goes hand in hand with grief that there will be times when you are a complete mess while everyone else is staying strong while they possibly appear to be handling your loss better than you are. So what do you do when this happens? Well, let me suggest that we approach this a little bit differently. We approach you being a complete mess by placing the following five words into your daily routine. Grace, knowledge, confidence, understanding, and honesty. Now, the idea here is to view these words as kind of steps in the process of grief, which without them, you may be or become a complete mess. With these words and their underlying message I will share here, these become tools to help you through the tougher moments of grief. In addition, understand that the feeling you are a complete mess can also stem from the lack of control you now feel as you're attempting to pick up all the shattered pieces of a life you believed you had all figured out. So taking back control will help with that feeling of being a complete mess. And again, these words should be viewed as stepping stones along your path with grief. They will hopefully allow you to walk a smoother, albeit still unpredictable path with your grief and help to push aside that complete mess feeling that you may have on occasion. So let's begin. First and foremost, give yourself grace. Allow yourself to understand that the fact of the matter we tend to push aside, we're going through a tragedy, an emotional and heart-wrenching experience, which requires you to face many emotions, the largest being helplessness. That feeling of being helpless in this experience can be overwhelming and, for some, paralyzing. And one detail about this whole experience, which you may not realize, is how draining it can be. So allowing yourself the grace to be sad, to be teary, to be down, it can be freeing. Here's a surprising fact. You are 
the first and most important person in your life that can provide you permission to grieve. Did you catch that? You need to provide yourself permission to grieve. So do that. Without the guilt that you must be strong and people will expect it from you, that's not fair to you or for anyone close to you. It's actually not fair for them at all as well. They most likely will be expecting you not to be strong 24-7. So it's okay. They know you. They understand your grief, if only a portion of it because of what they are feeling. Give them credit that they will not judge you to feel. Next, let's look at grief with knowledge. All the things we know to be true and search out the myths of grief and educate yourself with the truth. I believe the very best way to do that is by finding either a bereavement group you can share experiences with and they can share theirs with you. The truth about grief has nowhere to hide in a bereavement group. And if a bereavement group seems daunting, Perhaps a professional, a therapist, or life coach can do wonders by allowing you to explore your feelings in depth while helping you to navigate the truth and painful details of grief. In my opinion, you can never have too many sources for knowledge. I'd suggest a variety would be beneficial as we've already identified how different grief is for each individual. Learning about others' experiences will provide you with a better way to anticipate your grief as time moves on. Now let's discuss confidence, or better put, the lack of confidence. This is especially true if your experience of great personal loss is your first experience with grief. There is much unknown about grief for a first-timer. There will be emotions you may need help to identify. There are moments you may need help navigating. And there will always be myths of which you will need help defining. Which stories or antidotes aren't exactly accurate and which may only help a little. Each of these will-bes can be a hit to your confidence. Here's what I mean. Do you remember being in school, learning something new? Or at a job, learning a new computer program or a process? Your confidence at the beginning of those moments in your life always was very low. Why? Because you knew very little. The absence of knowledge allows for your confidence to simply take a hit. In addition to that, the things you were once confident about in life may now be suspect because, let's face it, your life has been turned upside down. I suggest you grasp those things in your life you do have confidence about and hold them tightly right now. Show yourself you do have confidence, and in turn, you will find yourself with more strength to process this season of your life and the confidence to take the necessary steps forward when the time is right. Now let's move on and examine understanding. This one is in relationship to understanding others and their reaction to your loss. Not necessarily about your understanding or knowledge of grief or any of the details that I've already discussed. 
So this, again, refers to understanding where others are coming from with their own version of grief as they mourn your loss with you. This requires you to actually provide others much grace, viewing their grief and reactions with a cautionary view, maybe even their comments or actions. You may need to understand their lack of knowledge with grief or their lack of being aware of how your loss is affecting you in real everyday life, not through a convenient soundbite myth, but in reality, how grief actually is. Your understanding of other people's incomplete knowledge of grief will allow you to brush aside comments which you may otherwise take offense to. How that ties back to controlling that version of you that may be or will become a complete mess is that it gives you a better perspective on where you are and where others may be in their grief. And it provides you permission to let go of comments which you used to find offensive or disturbing. And in turn, they would bring you down and thus make you a mess. By taking these steps, you will now cease to allow others to rent space in your head and leave room for the pieces of grief you need to work on for yourself and not for others. And finally, there's honesty. Honesty is perhaps the most complex piece of this particular puzzle with grief. The focus here is being honest with yourself as well as others. Here's what I mean specifically. Being honest with yourself provides you a truthful way to approach your grief. When you're honest with yourself about your feelings, you have less places to hide. It forces you to face your grief, which isn't always easy, but it will result in a healthier relationship with your grief, ultimately allowing you to navigate grief more effectively. Burying your head in the sand, so to speak, does little for you in the near future and provides you potential anxiety because what you are trying to avoid will always be there until you face it. As honesty relates to others, I'm speaking of you being honest with others about what you are going through, how you are doing, how you're actually doing, and what they might be able to do to help you. Because we all know people will ask what they can do for you. They want to help. It's a good thing. So if you can come up with something great, but if not, maybe you can simply suggest that you need someone to talk with. You'd appreciate if they could be one of those people that you could call whenever you needed to. Now, of course, as you may have heard in a few previous episodes, people who are looking to help someone they know in their grief, it might be better if you can approach your friend with a suggestion or two, removing their need to come up with a way that you can help them. I'd suggest you envision what you may need at a time like this if you were going through a loss, or what everyday things you could take off your friend's to-do list and do that for them. I have a wonderful example that I'd like to share with you. I've experienced this myself, one of which was deceptively simple, but so very valuable. A friend of ours brought over a large box filled with lunch bags. There was about, geez, I think 60 lunch bags. 
and in turn, those lunch bags were filled with snacks, pretzels, goldfish crackers, Oreos, and such. All we had to do for the next month on school mornings was to make a sandwich and put it in a bag. And my two boys were set for lunch for school for an entire month. Again, it was simple, but it filled a daily need of which I no longer had to give much thought to. And let me tell you, it was priceless. Now, let me list these five words again. Grace. Knowledge. Confidence. Understanding. And honesty. My recommendation is for you to begin to place these words in your life as tools to help you avoid unnecessary feelings of losing control and becoming a complete mess, or at least feeling as though you are. Work with them to build yourself go-to thoughts and processes in your head when you are faced with those unbearable moments. But keep in mind, although it's all well and good to speak of strength and keeping yourself together and all of that, sometimes you just have to give in to grief. And that's okay. The most important thing to remember when that happens is to make certain you find your way back. You find your way back to you and find your way back to life and find your way back from that all-encompassing grief. Because in the end, whether you're a complete mess for five minutes or 50 minutes, your most important duty to your loved one is to find the grateful that is around you. Embrace the memories that encompass you and navigate your path with grace, knowledge, confidence, understanding, and above all, honesty. So again, my friends, thank you for joining me. Remember, the Journey to Grateful podcast cannot exist without your help in listening and sharing. So know I am grateful for you and your support right here, right now. I encourage you to stop by the community on social media and let your voice be heard. Share your story and join my mission in helping others through grief. Over at journeytograteful.com slash community, you will find ways to join the conversation and make a difference with your story and what you've learned yourself. And while you're on the site, sign up for my bi-monthly newsletter designed to provide you inspiration and motivation. And if you would like a more personal connection, I invite you to connect with me via email, tim at journeytograteful.com. But let's not stop there. Please call me, leave me a voicemail, or simply text me whatever you would like to share. The number is 262-298-2428. That's 262-298-CHAT. And lastly, I need you to consider stepping up and helping me build this community. Help me broaden my reach and support my mission by reviewing the show and telling others why you listen. I've provided you a leave a review button over at journeytograteful.com. It's on the homepage and the podcast page. Your support of this podcast through your comments is a powerful thing you can do for this entire community. 
Now, the quote I've chosen to end the episode with is one I have seen many, many times, but always seem to find a reason not to share it. Today, I think I've discovered a reason. It was written by John Green, the author of The Fault in Our Stars. Grief does not change you, Hazel. It reveals you. Now, I believe the first few times I came across this quote, I didn't believe it. But now, as I've just passed the three-year anniversary of the loss of my wife, I believe that it is indeed true. Although I will suggest that much change does occur with the passing of someone special, I do find that what you discover that remains may just be a bit more revealing of someone you either never knew you could be or a person you didn't want to be. Now, whether you review that reveal as a positive or a negative is up to you. The you which you find you are becoming is certainly a change. But I would suggest John was right. It's more of a revealing of who you've always been, yet never knew was there. And thank you again, my friends, for joining me today. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode or any previous episodes. I would love to hear from you. And for those who are walking on their path with grief, I hope you find a way to walk confidently on your journey to grateful. Bye-bye.